Welcome to Men in Relationships, the podcast about evolving the emotional habits of men through inner transformation that will lead to positive external changes in your relationship. I believe there's a huge lack in support and vulnerability and discussion around these topics about men in relationships. And that's why I'm here talking to you today. So sit back, relax, and let's grow. Before we dive into the episode, I just want to remind everyone of my new one-on-one coaching program titled The Emotional Evolution Process. This can be for men to help you break free from recurring arguments due to your emotional habits that might be jeopardizing your relationship. Whether you want to evolve a relationship or you really need to work on it to save it from something drastic happening, this program is going to help you with that. These concepts in the program have transformed my relationship and not only that, but have completely transformed my life for the better. So if this is something that might interest you, feel free to reach out to me on any social platform, just at my name, Joel Mahe on Instagram and Facebook, or send me an email to coaching at joelmahe.ca. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, it's Joel. Welcome back to the show. I hope you're all having a great day today. And I thank you for taking the time to listen to the show. And also thank yourself for listening to the show because that means you are hopefully making progress or at least making attempts at bettering your relationship. And we really are never taught how to operate within a relationship. We aren't taught it in school. We most times aren't taught about it when we're growing up by our parents. In fact, we tend to just absorb what we witnessed when we were a kid of how our parents operated in a relationship. And most often than not, that's how we are going to naturally operate in our relationship because that's how we view what is supposed to be done in a relationship. That's our only perception of what it is. That's the only way we've been taught because we haven't outsourced the information, the knowledge, or anything else. That's our only perception of what a relationship is. And again, our, I believe our parents did the best they could with the tools they were equipped with at the time. But that might not be sufficient for where you are at in life and the relationship that you want to create. Thus, I've created this podcast to help the people, especially men, who want to evolve that because we might not be great. We might not have had that perfect childhood or I guess, perception or image or view of what a healthy relationship should be when we were children. And again, that's nothing against our parents or anything like that. They did the best they could with what they, the tools and knowledge and wisdom that they had, which got passed on from their parents and their parents and so on. But it's our responsibility to create and be intentional of the relationship that we want to cultivate and have in our life. And that being said, I want to state a reminder that a relationship will never be perfect. 
And yes, it's good to have expectations. And yes, it's good to strive for greatness and something epic. But it's never, ever going to be perfect. There's just way too many dynamics that that happen when there's two different individuals with two different viewpoints, with potentially two different sets of beliefs and, and ways you want to navigate life. There's just going to be conflict that comes along with that. We're not in a relationship with our clone. We're not going to have the same ideologies, the same perceptions, the same viewpoints. We're not going to view every situation the same. When we become parents, we're not going to parent the exact same way. There's just going to be conflicts everywhere. And we really need to learn how to navigate that as a partnership. And I want to talk about the blockages that get in the way of reconnection after conflict or after disagreement or misunderstanding. Because many times after conflict or the, a disagreement, there's going to be there's going to be some time that needs to happen to to repair things. And if we don't, it just compounds. That conflict will compound into something worse if it doesn't get fully resolved, if we don't fully reconnect. And I want to talk about this today because recently, I think I've failed to do a good job at reconnecting. And because I'll be honest, I've been insanely busy lately and I've put other aspects as a higher priority, if I'm being truthfully honest, than reconnecting with Jess. And we've had some, you know, minor conflicts. And it's so fascinating to me that even the smallest conflict, if you don't reconnect, if you don't fully repair after, will string on to something more impactful. It will compound in a negative way. It's so important to fully reconnect after that conflict because it's, it's, it's just got that compound effect. Just one little thing. If you don't fully resolve it, then the next conflict comes and then that stacks on top of it. And now it builds, it grows, and there's just more disconnect and negative consequences that, that are a side effect of that. And when I don't fully reconnect and we don't fully resolve, this is me speaking for myself, not Jess, but I, I personally feel more distant or removed from my partner. I get more frustrated with her because we haven't resolved something. Now we're stacking something onto it. Now there's more problems. Now there's more conflict. When I'm just trying to get shit done, you know, when I get in those selfish tendencies of just trying to do work, trying to plow through, I get more frustrated every time because we, A, we haven't resolved what's been bothering us. And now B, there might be something else that's stacking on top of it. So I'm just more irritable as I'm sure they are as well. Uh, I experience a lack of emotional and physical intimacy. I don't have that desire for that deeper connection. I don't feel like it's a safe environment where I can open up and be vulnerable and share my emotions. I just want to close off. I don't want to let her in. I don't uh, because there's that underlying conflict. I, when there's that conflict, there tends to be, uh, we don't feel in a safe environment. It's shaky. It's unstable. We haven't resolved something. So why would I feel inclined to open up and be vulnerable and share something that's going on with me when I'm, when I'm feeling frustrated, when I'm feeling closed off? It's just way more difficult to do that. And that, of course, is going to lead to way more disconnect and that lack of emotional 
and physical intimacy, which are necessary to, <laughs> to coincide and get along. I feel a lack of joy or fun. Like I said, I kind of, when there's unresolved conflict or when there's this kind of tension in the air, my fallback, as I'm sure many high performers or people who like to get shit done, the fallback is just do more work. Put your head down and just plow. Remove emotions, just get into it and, and remove everything else. I'll just do work. I'll just, I'll just outlash this and express this through work. And it really leads to a lack of joy, a lack of fun. Like it's, it makes everything so serious and it's, it's really not that enjoyable. I also have feelings of guilt when I reflect on it. Let's say I, I'm going to bed at the end of the day. I, okay, I just completely ignored Jess and just did work this whole afternoon. And I, I, I had no intimacy. I had no emotional intimacy. We didn't share what was going on with ourselves. I feel that disconnect. And then I have these feelings of guilt because I know I can be doing better. I know what I should be doing. And that stems in, and manifests some guilt that I'm, that I'm feeling. And it's not a good place. And of course, that leads me to feeling closed off, like I said, emotionally closed off, mentally closed off. I'm, I'm not being vulnerable. I tend to feel more self-righteous in the fact of my, my natural tendency goes to every, every reason why I'm right and every reason why they're not seeing me for what I'm doing or they're not seeing my side of the equation through this conflict. I just feel self-righteous. How can they not understand this? I'm sure you can relate to all of this. And, and, and in essence, it's really just all of my old patterns starting to creep in. It's all my old tendencies that I've worked so hard on to get over. They never really go away. They're kind of always in the background if we are not intentionally using proper tools and strategies and getting clear and aligning our actions to our intentions of how we want to show up in a relationship. And when there's that unresolved conflict and we don't fully reconnect, I personally feel all my old patterns want to override all these new systems I've created. Now that doesn't make me a bad person. There just needs to be that fully resolved conflict. And, and this isn't to mention everything that's going on with my partner. So this is just me. This is what's going on in me internally, what's happening, how I've been able to break this down of what's going on. That doesn't mean I've changed my actions. I just know what's going on. That doesn't make me right. That doesn't make it correct. And now Jess, my partner, is going to have who knows what going on with her. So now we have two individuals with clearly a lot going on because there's this little unresolved conflict. So now I'm hoping you can see the power of unresolved conflict and imagine doing this and having new conflict and new conflict and that compounding on one or the other. Holy shit. Now there's a lot to deal with. Now there's a lot to work through. Now there's some serious turbulence if we don't nip this in the butt from the get go. So you can see how this can quickly spiral. And again, this is a reminder that we aren't taught this. We don't necessarily even have a roadmap of what a relationship is supposed to be and, and how to navigate that. And that's why I really want to highlight some roadblocks, meaning the things we often do to try to, um, to, try to reconnect that don't work well. 
So a roadblock that we probably naturally try and do because it's naturally what our emotional system tries to, to do <laughs> to justify ourselves. So I want to highlight these roadblocks because there's a good chance that you might be doing them and there was a good chance that I was doing them recently. And I'm, I'm really highlighting this not just to come down on everyone listening, but also myself. I kind of have an understanding and awareness of the process and what needs to happen. That doesn't mean I always do it perfectly. So this is also a message to myself. I hope, I hope everyone is aware of that. Um, and, and just on that note, with the awareness, that's why it's so important we talk about these kind of things because we need the awareness to create agreements in a relationship. So Jess and I have agreements of that conflict needs to be resolved right away. Conflict cannot string along because we have the awareness of what it can do and the compounding effects of it. So it's so important to articulate and communicate with our partner. Hey, what are our agreements? What are, we, what are our systems in place when we have conflict? How are we going to get out of them? And these need to be conversations. There can't just be unspoken expectations that are just floating around in each one of your heads. Because chances are they're different expectations. You have different ideas of how things should happen and unfold. And if you don't bring those to the table and communicate those together, you're just going to be disappointed because your partner is most likely going to have different expectations of how things should be resolved and unfold. So it's important to, to, to have agreements, but also uh, understand that they shouldn't be strict rules because that's when it can also become a slippery slope. If you have a strict rule of this needs to happen when this happens, well, now you're getting you're getting mad or you're punishing your partner for something. And that also is not a healthy thing to do. So that's why I like the word agreement. You kind of agree upon a strategy. And again, this isn't strict or rigid. It's kind of loose and it flows depending on each situation because each situation and each conflict is going to be unique. So having just those agreements, which you've vocally discussed and agreed upon is going to help you navigate reconnection after conflict. So after or during conflict, when trying to reconnect, try to avoid the following. And just a side note, I got most of these concepts from a relation expert named Jason Gaddis. And the ones I'm going to talk about are the ones that ring true for me. Because again, guilty is charged. I've done most of these. And again, I've, I still do some of these. I'm not perfect. I work on this every single day. A relationship is the playing field for the most personal growth, I believe there is, if you're willing to go there. And it can really transform and evolve you into such a better person if you allow it to. But the majority of folks just string along and avoid this. They don't want to lean into this. They don't want to go into that growth or transition or transformation because they feel like it's just even more work. They feel, oh man, my relationship's already hard enough. How am I going to put in more work? I don't have the time. But I'm here to tell you that it is so worth it. It can avoid so much more com like heavy conflict, distress, and just turbulence in your life. I mean, life is already hard enough. And we're in a relationship to have that deep connection, that deep understanding, care, and love with, one with another person. We have natural human desires to have that connection. And 
the relationship should be a safe space where we come to and not necessarily just this turbulent place where there's always conflict and it's always difficult and it's always leading to more stress and anxiety. You know, we want to we want to work at and build the foundation of a well-oiled proper machine and, and, and having those agreements and understanding how to get back to that reconnection is really going to help to cultivate that in your life. So some of these roadblocks are try to avoid blaming. And a trick to know when you are blaming is when you use the words, you always, you always do this. Every single time you, you do this. So if you see yourself saying you always, there's a good chance you're blaming. And that's such an overgeneralization. We're trying to work at getting to a reconnection here from a specific conflict. If there's bigger issues of unresolved stuff, that's, that's stuff probably for another day. But we're talking about there's, a, there's an immediate conflict. How do we reconnect after it? If you're blaming your partner and saying, you always do this, you always let me down, you're always doing X, Y, and Z, you, that's, that's overgeneralizing. We need to boil it down and bring the current topic to surface, not overgeneralizing and blaming. As I know from experience, if I'm getting blamed, if Jess is saying, you always do this, I'm, I'm instantly triggered. And now I'm instantly putting my hands up for a boxing match. You know, if I feel attacked, I want to defend. So if we open up the conversation to try and get it to a resolution and try and get back to reconnection, and you're starting and opening it with an attack, your partner is going to want to defend themselves naturally. If you're in a fight, you're not just going into that fight, going into the boxing ring and putting your arms down and sitting there getting punched over and over and over again with haymakers. You're going to put your hands up and defend yourself. You're going to try and counter with a jab. You're going to try and counter, dodge, dip, jab, right? And you're going to probably come after them. And I find myself doing that. And I also realize that when I blame, Jess is going to want to defend herself as well. So that is a big one. Avoid blaming, you know, and that take all of these blockages and roadblocks to reconnection really takes a lot of self-control because we're going to need to put our egos down and we're going to need to put our emotional reactions aside, which is a very challenging task. But again, I'm trying to equip everyone and myself with the proper awareness of what doesn't work and also what we're trying to get towards. So also the second roadblock is don't rush an apology simply to move on. And I think it's so important to have a genuine, genuine, authentic apology. Because if we're just saying words to say words, eventually those words won't mean anything. I strongly believe that it's so powerful to make our word our bond. I do this with myself in my mind to hold myself accountable. Because when I tell myself I'm going to do something and I do it, that's such a powerful aspect. Because now all I have to do is tell myself, hey, Joel, do this and I'll do it. And it's this incredible operating system. Now, I also believe that it's much easier to do that only within ourselves because when we bring that to a relationship, now we have the dynamics of another person and it just makes everything a bit more complex. Although let's, that doesn't mean don't try and work towards to getting to that. 
But now, if we cultivate our word meaning uh, where it has meaning, then, then that will be, become powerful in helping us to resolve conflict. So if you make a ton of apologies and they don't mean shit and you're just going around saying I'm sorry just to get out of that conflict and you don't mean it, well, that conflict is not truly resolved. You're just saying words to get out of it, to weasel out of it. You want to genuine, and your partner's going to feel this. And, and there's a good chance that your partner might want to get out of that conflict too. And if they hear an apology, they'll say, okay, well, he apologized or she apologized. Let's move on. But that's not resolving it. And, and, and so don't rush the apology. Make sure you're there. Make sure you're fully there where you can see and take ownership for what you've done. And if there is a place and space to apologize, make it genuine. Take a little bit of time to reflect on it and, and, and discuss through it so you can see your part and take ownership for what you did and have an authentic apology. Don't rush it. That leads into the third roadblock, which is don't just rely on time either. So although time can allow someone to forget about something, that doesn't mean time is going to resolve something. Yes, if you push things off and if you just allow time and the days and the weeks go on, yeah, your partner and you also might forget about that conflict. But again, that doesn't mean it's resolved. That just means it's stored somewhere in the, in the conflict bank for the next conflict to come and compound onto it. If you don't fully resolve it, there's going to be that lack of connection. All those things I mentioned earlier, the, <clears throat> where, there's, where there's the lack of joy, the feelings of guilt, the closed off, the self-righteous, the frustration, the lack of emotional and physical intimacy. All those things are still going to be there. Time hasn't resolved those. Time might resolve the immediate conflict and heat of the moment sure but it's not going to resolve all of those things it's not going to lead to reconnection it just kind of puts a pause on it until the next one where it's going to compound and it's going to be even more severe so a rule jess and i kind of or an agreement jess and i kind of have is to reconnect within that same day don't go to sleep and carry that into the next day. It's just going to lead to an instant heaviness into that next day anyways. And it's going to shake your, your day. It's going to be shittier at work. It's going to be shittier after. And now you're going to be left with this unresolved conflict. Now you're going to try and walk on eggshells. And you know it's kind of awkward. And, and we just don't really want that. So don't lean on time to repair your conflict and lead you to reconnection. Because it's not going to work. And try to resolve that conflict within that same 24 hours of it happening. And that might be a big stretch for you right now. But I, I'm, I'm speaking from a place where Jess and I used to string conflict on for weeks, if not months. And now we really, really go there every single time. And yes, that might lead to a bit more conflict because <laughs> we're bringing everything up. But nothing goes unresolved. And I think that's so important. Because we get into serious problems in a relationship. Again, speaking from experience, when we just let time go on and we just lean on time, hoping that time will make her forget about it or time will let him forget about it. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't work like that. So don't rely on time. The fourth roadblock is compartmentalizing. So don't put it off to the side again and pretend everything is okay. 
You shouldn't just suck it up forever. And sometimes we compartmentalize things and just put it off and say, okay, well, this doesn't need to affect me or, well, this, this, this might actually be worse for our relationship if I, if I do this or if we resolve this. So I'll put this off to the side and I'll focus on something else. And, and we just kind of compartmentalize our life and, and just store things here and there. And, and we're never really resolving them. We're just storing them and pushing it aside and sucking it up. And for men, I, I really feel we really lean on this a lot. We just suck it up. We don't talk about it. And that leads to more sucking it up and more closed offness and more stonewalling. Again, speaking from experience. So we don't want to compartmentalize. The fifth one is avoid trying to fix or give advice. Again, men, we love solving things. We love fixing things. I swear it's in our DNA. And we love to give advice. We love to think that we have all the answers. But instead, I'm going to challenge you and myself to listen, to seek to understand before being understood. Always remember that. We don't want to we don't want to come at it and just give our perception and just spit out everything that's going on for us and try to fix things and think that we have it all solved already when we haven't even heard what might be going on for our partner. We haven't even heard what's going on through their lens, how they view things. So seek to understand. And this is going to be difficult because how they view things is probably going to trigger you. So listening without a listening agenda, actively listening with yeah, you might get triggered. But instead of, instead of having in your mind your rebuttal or what you're going to say to come over the top, fully listen, fully be present to understand why they view something a certain way. Because they also have the right to express how they feel. And if we're not listening and we're only defending, it's not, it's not going to work out. So try to avoid to fix or give advice, especially right from the get-go. Um, the sixth one, sixth roadblock is... Don't rely on just hoping and praying things will get better or that this conflict will resolve and you will reconnect. And honestly, for many years at the start of my relationship, that was my number one strategy to hoping that things would just work out, hoping that I would magically become this opened man, that I can express my emotions, that I can talk things through, that I can understand, that I can go to a deeper level. I fully relied on hope and prayer that, hey, because I love Jess, things will work out. This is my strategy. I'm just hoping and praying that this works out because I have that underlying love. But as I've mentioned before, love is not enough and hope and prayer is also not enough. There needs to be action, proper action taken to align with that hope and prayer. I'm not saying don't hope and pray. I'm just saying there needs to be action to align to that intention, to that prayer, to that hope. And the seventh roadblock is defensiveness, uh, being rigid, stonewalling, providing excuses. <laughs> so like I said, kind of the same strategy or the same concept as that boxing ring. When we're in there, we're going to want to get defensive. Like I said, actively listening to listen to our partner instead of just getting defensive and, and being rigid or being or, or stonewalling or providing excuses. Hey, well, I did this because you did this or I acted this way because I'm feeling like this and I, you know, I, I'm, I'm right to do so. 
So real, th this one was a massive one for me. My natural inclination is to always just get defensive and say every reason why. I always have an excuse. Being rigid, being cold, not, not letting my barriers down, not letting that ego down. Just tame that. Let it go. Because if you hold on to that righteousness and that defensiveness, it is not going to work. It is not going to bring you to a point of reconnection. And I really had to do, I like to win and I'm very competitive. So for me, I had to redefine what winning meant. So I couldn't, so I could let down that defensiveness because before winning meant I need to be right. I need to be justified in my points here. And she needs to understand me not coming to a middle grounds. I had to redefine what winning meant in a relationship and winning now means Jess, I need to fully understand Jess and see her and hear her. And she needs to fully understand me and see me. And now we bring, now that we're fully heard and understood, bring that to a middle common ground. And that is where our solution is. And that is where the new definition of winning is in our relationship. And the last major roadblock that I believe is, is gaslighting. And this one is dangerous. And that's where we're lying or denying reality, turning conflict onto the other person, creating a false narrative and making them question their judgments and reality when there is probably a lot of validity behind it. This is where we're kind of manipulating the situation in our favor. And again, this kind of goes with that defensiveness, because if we're defending ourselves to win, we're probably going to try and stretch that truth or make them kind of manipulate their narrative or their perception so they come only towards ours. We're not meeting in that middle ground, that win-win, where we're manipulating the situation. And if you do this enough, you, you all, this is another dangerous reason, because if you do it enough, you might literally believe that this false narrative you're creating is the reality because you're emotionally tied to it. You emotionally want to win and you might be overriding the truth. So it's so important to reflect and seek the truth of your partner and yourself. Be real and raw with it rather than satisfying your selfish desires. <laughs> I think a lot of us have seen this over the past couple of years with the government and their shitty policies and what they're doing. And I don't want to derail into this, but we've been victims of gaslighting. So if we, we, we see it enough and we're manipulated enough with the media, the mainstream media and the governments that we don't need to be doing this in our relationship. So those are the main eight roadblocks getting in the way of reconnection. So if we can really understand this and revert back to these, knowing that this is the not this is not the proper way to get back to reconnection. Tr do not use these strategies rather try to find that truth and put our walls and barriers down so we could fully listen, be attentive to our partner and that they can fully listen, be attentive to us. And we could come to that resolution where we navigate through that conflict, where we can grow on the other side of it and be stronger rather than letting it compound if not fully resolved. So I'm calling you out and I'm calling myself out. I'm positive we can all do a better job at reconnecting. And this might need to be a skill that is practiced over and over and over again. Because remember, we're not taught this shit. We need to take ownership and responsibility for becoming better partners and better individuals within our relationship. 
So it's your responsibility to master it if you are wanting to shorten your conflicts and move towards the relationship you desire. Put your ego down. Seek the truth after conflict and you will begin to drastically improve your relationship. So that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and I will see you on the next one. Take care. Before I let you go, I just wanna let you know what I've been up to behind the scenes. I've been busy building a program called The Emotional Evolution Process. And this program was built through inspiration and really just a passion for something that I believe in so strongly and where, there, where there's just really a lack in the market for, and that is men in relationships and to help men evolve their emotional habits. This is something that we need to work on, especially if we want a fulfilling, successful relationship or if we need to repair one that might be in jeopardy right now. So, like I said, check me out on socials, send me a message on socials to connect, and if this sounds like a fit for you, I would love to hear from you. Other than that, have a great day.